Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome back. It's February, everyone. It's February. We made it. <laughs> Did you have doubts? Were you no, worried? No, I, I wasn't worried, but I mean, man, we are just like shooting through this new year. Have, have you been watching too much of The Last of Us or something and thought like, maybe we're not going to make it to February? I don't watch anything that isn't on Disney Plus, <laughs> so no. <laughs> At some point in my life, I will watch other things. <laughs> Someday. Someday. It'll be, it'll be when the kids are about 20. Oh, is that when? Oh, yes. man. Yeah, it's going to be a while. I mean, I hear that phrase, Netflix and chill, and I'm like, what? what is that? What does that, that mean? <laughs> Someday. Who? who? <laughs> Where? <laughs> so we have a guest. We do. It, and I'm excited to have him here. It, it took a while to get him. Have you been pestering him? That's one word. Nope, he's, he's shaking his head. So without saying who you are, tell us something that would define or help people know who you are, again, as sort of a tease, and see if they can figure it out. I need to see your license, registration, <laughs> and proof of insurance. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> it just flows right off the tongue, doesn't it? That's a retired lieutenant. Do I have the correct, is it, was it lieutenant? When you, you, were? you do. Bruce Holt here tonight. Thanks for coming. Thank you for, for the here. invite. Yeah, glad to have you here. So we do have something to plug. We do. Yes. Yeah, Casino Before Night. We get to that. Oh, the return of Casino so Night. So nice. February 18th. I'll have details. Okay, coming. Details next week, but it's the the Roaring 20s Casino Night that we've done for at least uh, 59 years. And it's at the Heritage Museum. Probably more like 12. <laughs> but it is at the Heritage Museum. Oh. And it's fun. really fun. It's dirt cheap. It's like <laughs> 20 bucks per person, 30 bucks for a couple. And you get funny money or you can buy more funny money. There's going to be um, poker. There's roulette. There's blackjack. There's food, a bar. Um, just lots of fun. And remind me, do you actually serve drinks at the bar? We the, do. The bar bar. here At the historic bar, oh, we do. Yeah. I love it. That's why it's an old speakeasy. And we actually, we, we started a thing the first couple of years and we've done it ever since. But we always bring people in through the basement. Oh, I love past that. the jail cells. And we, we say you got to knock on the black door, which yeah. is this little tiny door in the basement on the north side of the building. Okay. And you got to knock three times and say, Joe sent me. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm not going to let you in. Okay. Well, now folks know. And it's kind of funny because like I'll hear the voices and I'll say, who sent you? <laughs> or what's the password? And I'll hear, oh, wait, we're supposed to say something. Uh, what is it? And then they'll like debate what it was. So. You need to have a sign out there, Mac, that says, <laughs> this is your line. <laughs> and one year we had Steve, uh, there's, there, well, he was in character. So it was uh, uh, a temperance person mm. and his assistant telling everybody not to go in, that it was a house of shame. And Oh, how funny. It, it was funny. Wow. Okay. So All that's right. coming up. So February 18th, if you're not going to Dark Arts Festival... Here's the alternative. Yeah, or both, right? Yeah, you could go to both. Of course. All right. So, because we got a, a action-packed show here. Yes. And we want to make sure we stick to the law and we don't break the law. <laughs> uh, these are things that happen tomorrow. Okay. Let's February 6th. They're icebreakers. They're, they're conversation starters. Yes. So, February 6th, 1788. Massachusetts becomes the sixth state to ratify the Constitution. Welcome to the party. Massachusetts. That's a good one. I'm okay with Massachusetts. Yes. 
I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Okay. All right. It's uh, beautiful. 1891, the Dalton Gang commits its first train robbery. Oh. The Dalton Gang. I went Should to I know the Daltons? Um, they're Wild West, and okay. uh, their hideout is in uh, Ellsworth, Kansas, maybe? I can't remember. the Somewhere in Kansas, but uh, it's a museum now, and it's really cool because they've got the house, and then there's like a 300-foot tunnel, 300-yard tunnel that they dug from the house to their stable. So if they ever got surrounded by law... Oh. They could just go down, run out through this tunnel, get in on their horses, and ride away. Wow. And you oh. can walk through the the tunnel in the Dalton Gang hideout. <laughs> and Mac here's all impressed, while Bruce is like, hmm. <laughs> you would have yeah, been on to it. Tunnels. He's writing it you, down. You would have realized, wait, there's stables back there. <laughs> I know, there. right? I think that. Uh, 1894, William Painter patents the bottle opener. Oh, okay. 1894, before that, we didn't know how to open bottles. <laughs> <laughs> they were manufacturing all this stuff, and, and nobody could open them. Uh, let's see. Uh, 1911, Ronald Reagan is born. Happy birthday. 1918, Great Britain grants women the vote. Oh. 1918, but you had to be 30 or older. Oh, interesting. 30. Doesn't that seem kind of arbitrary? And just for women. Just for women. Yeah, of course. Well, right. men could already vote. I know, but they, they didn't have to be 30, did they? <laughs> Probably not. Right. <laughs> okay. 30, though. Why not 28? What changes between 29 and 30 that makes you uh, suddenly knowledgeable and allowed to vote? Seems strange. Right. All right. Uh, 1935. This is almost going to be my history highlight of the day. Monopoly board game goes on sale for the first time. Oh, how fun. 1935. It's popular in our house. I was going to say, are your kids old enough to play? Well, Carly is. She's almost eight. So, okay. yes. And you know that there's like a million versions of, of Monopoly now and Monopoly Junior. So, she's never actually played Monopoly. Oh, okay. No, Mark and I were playing one of the others, like Frozen, the other night. And we're like, we know. We, you know, we're, we refer to everything as like a house and a hotel. And she's like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's funny. Because it's not houses and hotels. And yeah. So okay. We need to bring it back. But your preferred piece, if you have a choice? Oh, Oh, I don't know. The shoe? My brother is always the car, so I was never allowed to be the car. I don't remember all the pieces. I haven't played <laughs> and, it. And you're, as you say, you probably don't remember the yeah, real piece. Olaf. <laughs> and, and Olaf. That's just so wrong. That's wrong on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> and your favorite piece, if you're given Boy, the choice? Is there an animal? I think there's, there's originally there was a dog, and then yeah. they added a cat at some point. Oh. Yeah. I think I recall the dog. I was always the dog. <clears throat> There you go. Yeah. But I always wanted, I coveted the car. The car, yes. But my brother, being older, always grabbed it first. Well. It was a convertible, wasn't it? It was. It was a convertible. It was, well, it was kind of like one of the uh, the little racers that people would make, yeah. <clears throat> but the, the key to winning is you buy the cheap properties and then load them up with hotels. Well, people always wait for Boardwalk, but nobody, you don't right. win with Boardwalk. It's true. I, I just, guess. Gave, I just I mean, gave away my strategy. Now <laughs> I can't go. play anybody that's listening. Can't play Carly. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. 1937. Of Mice and Men is published. I had that one. Oh, that's very sad. Yep. Um, it's not sad that you had it. It's sad. Uh, 1948. The first radio-controlled airplane is flown. 1948. Oh, interesting. That's crazy early to me. All right. Um, 1952. Queen Elizabeth II succeeds uh, King George VI, or VI, as I say. <laughs> yes. And uh, 1993, tennis great Arthur Ashe dies. I saw that. But our yeah. history highlight of the day, the thing I think had the most impact that happened on this day, 1778. 
the Franco-American alliances are signed. The Treaty of Amity and Commerce recognized the United States as an independent nation and encouraged trade between France and America, while the Treaty of Alliance provided for a military alliance against Great Britain, stipulating that the absolute independence of the United States be recognized as a condition for peace and that France would be permitted to conquer the British West Indies. <laughs> France, they recognize us. As much as we always say Great Britain is our oldest friend, France is kind of our oldest friend. We might be related to Great Britain, but France is the, the guys that recognized us. Right. And that's that changed everything. Yes, and probably very strategic on their part. Oh, definitely. Too. Because <laughs> we, were, we were an annoyance to the great, to great yes. Britain. Yes, so. <laughs> we were winning at the time. <laughs> so, and, and without that, we wouldn't have French toast or French fries. Right. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm sure. <laughs> he's wondering why he's here. He's like, what an yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what did I sign up for? <laughs> So that, anything I missed? No, you. I, that I was got good. Got them all, really. Yeah. God, Mice and Men was the good one. I I thought that was important, definitely. That's one I never read in high school either. I read it later. I don't know how I missed it. You know, I think I did read it in high school, although now I think isn't it one of the banned books, or it's a little <gasps> more controversial. Oh no! Why? It definitely was on the banned. Oh, for sure, was on the banned books list. I don't understand people. <laughs> Because they're not reading all the books that we're reading. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've said, we've said that before. Good gravy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are they going to ban next? I don't know. <laughs> all right. So so something that is banned is driving 95 miles an hour, I assume. Anywhere. Well, some people can't drive 55. So. <laughs> yes. 90. Someday Sammy Hagar will figure out how to drive 55. <laughs> Well, we're so glad you're here tonight, Bruce. Um, uh, we want to start, though, I mean, because we've been alluding to your career with the Seaside Police Department, but let's go back and tell us um, where you grew up. Oh. <clears throat> well, that would have been uh, Seaside. Oh, okay. Um, Mom and Dad came from the Spokane area and settled in uh, in Seaside. <clears throat> Dad was a um, logger with Crown Zellerback back in the day, and then he opened up a uh, 76 service station. Oh, interesting. Which, what was the name of it? Yes, it's still there. It is not. Uh, it was Don's Union 76, and it was originally on the corner of First and Holiday, Kitty Corner to the old Safeway, and then it became a Arctic Circle Oh. All through high school, we called it a different name um, and stuff. So, yeah, born and raised uh, down in the seaside area. Went to school at Central, which is no longer uh, the grade school. Uh, neat auditorium with a stage and uh, stuff. Yeah, just a real neat piece of history there and a lot of fun. Um, then the middle school was Broadway, and the high school was uh, up where... It used, well, the high school's still there, but it's unoccupied anymore as a high right. school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, had a train that came into town. Uh, the depot was where the new Safeway is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were uh, trains um, that would go down to the Alder Mill on the south end of town and pick up logs or drop off logs and pick up lumber and then head back out and the train trestle was there at the north end of town used to come all the way back up here to Astoria and stuff so 
Now, when he was when he was logging, how far out did he go? I mean, was he home at night, or was it I'm gone for a few days, or? Um, you know, that was before I was uh, there. He had the service station, uh, and I remember uh, working when I was probably seven or eight. <laughs> I had a little step ladder, and he'd let me wash windows on cars that came in, you know. Trucks were difficult, but uh, yeah, <laughs> spent 13 years uh, working in a much higher capacity uh, there mm-hmm. before starting my career in law enforcement. So, and and when did he start paying you? <laughs> well, it wasn't much when I was having to use the ladder, <laughs> so the, that's why I say uh, as I stayed and I got older, you know, through high school, we we would work there, and I always chose to work the late evening shift, 3 to 11 and stuff. And that kind of started uh, at 11 o'clock. Um, I was introduced to uh, law enforcement. So I would go out and I'd spend a couple hours riding with the local police department officers. So that started to manifest uh, into a real interest. And... Uh, one thing led to another. How did you get to, to do a ride-along? Did you yeah. just ask them? I mean, that's kind of amazing to me in this day and age that they wouldn't even really consider that now, would they? Like a regular oh, yes. thing. Yes. It's okay. still still a thing that's uh, alive and well uh, in Seaside and Cannon Beach, as far as I know, and Astoria. Um, even state police uh, allow that. Sheriff's okay. Office would be no different mm-hmm. uh, in that capacity. But uh, it gives... Uh, Gives the civilian a chance to watch an officer uh, close um, as to what they're doing and talk to them about any questions they would have and and spur any interest or answer the questions that the writer has. And what was it that piqued your interest um, into that? I mean, because that is an interesting career and it definitely seems like sort of a calling too because it it does take up a lot of your life it it can and it does um my dad was a reserve um for the seaside police department back in the early 60s when the riots were in seaside so um now the riots weren't a fun uh object to hey i think i want to do that but um there were a lot of loggers and um, other businessmen uh, in the area that felt the need to protect their city and were deemed to be reserves during those times for extra manpower to help uh, the college-age children uh, <laughs> for the way they were behaving and stuff. Of course, additional help had to be rendered as well. Uh, National Guard, I believe, was brought in. Uh, at some point uh, to guard substations and whatnot around Mm -hmm. Seaside. So that was interesting to watch that. But uh, just the interest of how their work was done. And uh, I'm kind of a people's guy, so I like to meet people. And sometimes it's not under the most ideal circumstances, but I always took that as a challenge to turn it into something positive even though it was um, something that would be have to be dealt with through the court system or a later appearance 
somehow or some way. So what are the steps between I'm a kid, I'm getting to do some <laughs> some ride-alongs and actually becoming a full-fledged member of law enforcement? Well, there were, uh, at the time, uh, the middle school had a pseudo program. So uh, me and another uh, student could walk at that point over to the uh, city hall, which was the city hall, fire department, and police department. They were all located in the brick building that, uh, which now is Seaside Brewing. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, and we would sit, um, because we were uh, middle school age, we would sit in uh, and watch dispatch, uh, Al Benson, dispatch officers to calls and and stuff. Uh, hmm. So that was very fascinating, and and then as uh, the reserve program started uh, for me uh, back in the first part of 83. And then later that year, um, Seaside hired me. And then it was off to the police academy. Not like anything you see on the police academy movies. <laughs> I would hope but, not. But uh, those are awful entertaining. <laughs> but, uh, not a reality. Not, not one of your reality shows that we have so many of. Uh, nowadays, but uh, it was an interesting uh, process. Um, Dad's service station, of course, I was uh, taking classes at uh, Classic Community College on business administration, so the idea was to move into that, and when I talked to him about this career possibility, uh, he and Mom were very supportive um, and stuff, so that was uh, that was nice to have that support. So what was it like then when you come back from the police academy? You're still pretty young at that point. Um, and like you said, you're a people person, and he's not kidding. I mean, like everyone knows you or has seen you at, at events. Um, you had to have known lots of peers, I would imagine, that you then run into <laughs> and throughout your life. But how do you, as a young person and a new police officer, how do you sort of um, take on that role? Well, for each officer, it's it's a different learning um, pace. Uh, from a standpoint, you go get some book knowledge, which is what the academy's all about, the practical um, understanding traffic codes, criminal codes. And then you come back to your work agency and have to try and take that information and apply it to things that you're either told you see or you figure out and come up with a solution that's you know does violate somebody's uh, civil rights um, and those things so it was uh, a constant learning platform uh, because as as you may or may not know uh, the laws are changing sometimes drastically sometimes little parts of the law change and stuff that was daunting to say the least uh and 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 stuff every time there was a new legislative uh, session you you dread the day when when the reams of paperwork would come and say okay these are the changes and these are the new laws and oh by the way this one went into effect two weeks ago (laughs) it's like (laughs) shoot (laughs) (laughs) but uh always always having to stay up on that so that you're working under the uh, right umbrella uh, for when you're trying to impart uh, educating the 
public and uh, in enacting these uh, new laws. So what was it that just grounded you to seaside? I mean, that's, I didn't re- realize that you had, were, you grew up here, I mean, and have stayed in the community on the North Coast. What is the, what keeps you here? Um, you know, it's, it's family and friends. Um, the job was even uh, an added benefit um, to stay locally and uh, small town uh, law enforcement uh, gave me that opportunity to uh, experience being a police officer, um, but I felt uh, throughout my career that uh, the citizens of Seaside liked officers. Um, there's other cities and towns that you can go to that that's not necessarily the case. And uh, their jobs in those cities are even tougher uh, when you don't feel like you have that support. But generally, um, throughout all the, even the somewhat riot situations in 91 uh, that we had, um, you still had the support of the local community, knowing that the police department was doing their best and they supported those efforts. And so that's reassuring, uh, even when the job's tough, yeah. uh, knowing that your citizens of the community in which you're sworn to protect uh, support and, and are there for you. You don't always see it or hear it, but uh, they are there and, and you hear it in different ways or they show it in different ways. So, so I've, I've always heard about the earlier riots, but 91, what was riot like or full on riot? At that time, same thing, spring break kids? or It, it was spring break stuff okay. and uh, just kind of uh, history, as you guys are well aware of uh, how it can repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Um, these were uh, high school, college um, age kids that came. Um, I think at that time there was, um, they were out at the same time, and since then they've tried to <laughs> separate them so they weren't because Seaside has always been yep. a destination town a tourist location uh, place to go mm-hmm. and uh, when they all landed there at the same time as testosterone or whatever <laughs> um, and alcohol it just uh, manifested itself into some pretty ugly times and mm-hmm. a lot of property damage and mm-hmm. uh, stuff so. and, and how scary is that for for a law enforcement officer? Well, it's pretty volatile because uh, these mass groups of 300 plus can move rapidly when they want to. And if they have a destination, say they're at Broadway in Columbia and they want to go to the beach, you best be out of their way. Small department that Seaside was at the time um, couldn't set up effective roadblocks just with our manpower. And some additional help was called in as the night progressed to just ensure uh, some control and minimize uh, where they could get and stuff. But that took uh, a lot of un- a lot of organization to get that in place. And fortunately, uh, where we're at, uh, it did so in a timely manner that... Uh, prevented a lot of other additional property from being damaged. So we were thankful mm-hmm. for that. What is the, What was the size of the, the force when you joined it and then when you retired? 
Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I always feel good when I get it. <laughs> that was a good question, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> She's the professional now. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Um, it was probably, if recollection is serving me well, it'd be about 15 when I started. Mm-hmm. And it was right at 20 with a full complement of eight dispatchers on top of that. So Seaside runs a dispatch for mm-hmm. South County, which includes Gearhart, Seaside, and uh, Cannon Beach, as well as fire departments for those uh, agencies. Mm-hmm. Bruce, tell us a l- about your wife, how you met, and uh, sort of the legacy that you guys have brought to the community, too. Oh, greatly. Um, um, my wife and I uh, were high school sweethearts, mm-hmm. so she was... Uh, uh, active in sports, but uh, I was a class clown and, uh, <laughs> and stuff. So in the cafeteria, I was uh, typically at the table that her <laughs> and her girlfriends were at. Um, we married in 1980, um, have been blessed with six kids. And um, shortly after that, uh, we began, well, actually before we had the six kids. We started doing some foster care for Clatsop County and really enjoyed uh, being involved with that and working with DHS and uh, child placement. And the wife got some additional training for um, the fetal, imp- not fetal, um, the newborns that had uh, had to have feeding tubes and things like yeah. that. So um, it was a great exposure to the need that was out there, and we promoted a lot of our friends into uh, interest to yeah. uh, um, doing uh, child care, foster, fostering children. And uh, our foster kids would go to church with us and everything, and so everybody else would get to see us at the basketball games and church, and we'd pass the little ones around. And <laughs> and you, you say know. some. I mean, he says some foster care. Yeah. Give us an idea about how many kids have come through your home. Because um, you're quite well known in the foster care circle. Because we had Janitor Josh on just a couple weeks ago, and your name came up then, and, and everyone's like, the Holtz, you got to know the Holtz. I mean, you're like celebrity status oh, no. when it comes to foster care. How many, what would you think offhand? 70-plus. Um, uh, sometimes yeah. they were just for weekends mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, but others were much longer, and we always enjoyed um, enjoyed having them in the home, treated them as one of ours. And uh, the thing is, is after twenty some years of doing that, we uh, we realized we were starting to have some separation anxiety when the children would go. Sure. Even if it was back home or to the um, to a new home for permanency. So I uh, just really wouldn't change anything about that uh, exposure. And if you're at all interested, um, you can certainly talk to us if you know us or contact DHS and there's still such a need. For what did that bring to your job as a police officer? Having that experience, that very, very personal experience with somebody just living trauma. Well, the first, first thing, um, I wanted to take all kids home. Yeah. And that wasn't always the best decision. But I knew that uh, time was uh, limited for how, I, how we could impact uh, 
uh, those families and whatnot, but we tried to make the best of it uh, as time would allow. But uh, I got to see a lot of children in need in homes and reports being forwarded Mm -hmm. in a timely manner to DHS to try and get that ball rolling to get that child uh, at least in a safe environment. Thank you so much. We appreciate wow. you coming here tonight we, and your we service. We need to start just doing two parters. I, I think. know. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you're an amazing person. Uh, I just met you back in Oritel. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for joining us for an adventure in history. An adventure in history is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.